Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be both encouraged and challenged to step into what God has in store for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be continuing our, our, our series uh, this morning on family moving forward. Uh, called the green light as well because uh, we really believe that God has given us a green light. He's given us what we, what, we, what we need in our relationships and families to see them be healthy, to be godly, to bring Him glory and honor. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to be talking about uh, this morning on, on staying connected in our marriage. And uh, I have a lot of experience on the matter, three and a half years. <laughs> and you're laughing at me, thanks. This is really encouraging me, all right? <laughs> Um, but Kanye West's marriage years are like dog years. So do the math. That's 25 years of marriage. A little bit better. Um, and also, uh, when it comes to staying connected with kids as well, uh, I have no idea. I just have a puppy. It's a little different. Um, so uh, I, I also asked some, some of our staff as well. And so actually, I have three and a half years of marriage experience, but in my sermon, there lies hundreds and hundreds of years of knowledge. So just so you know. Yeah, you're in for something good, but yeah, let's, let's pray. Oh God, God, we just pray that today would be good just because you're here, right? Because you're speaking and, and God, that your truth uh, would be spoken through me. So God, uh, guide my, my mind and my thoughts and my words and go beyond them, Lord God, because uh, this, this is where transformation truly happens. God, I just pray that you would, you would meet us here today and, and we'd be open to what you have to, to say uh, in our lives and marriages and relationships. Amen. Uh, Webster's Dictionary defines a wedding as the fusing between two metals. It's actually the definition of welding. So that, that was a joke in the office. Michael Scott uses, he, he does a speech at a wedding, and this is what he reads. Um, but I think he was actually on to something a little bit, because marriage does provide this fusing of medals, gold medals, right? Um, but Genesis says in Genesis 2, it's so amazing, if you think of it, marriage is old, you know? It's like right in the beginning of the creation story, this is God's plan. And I think it's so cool to be a part of something that, that God just drew up right from the beginning. And so I'll read it. And it says, then the Lord uh, God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, now this is the bone of my bones and the flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man will leave his father and mother and is united. And that word united also means to bind or to be glued to his wife. And they shall become one flesh. And so... So when, when, a, when a wedding does happen, there is this fusing, there, there is this joining of two lives. And, and when you're newly married, it's a, it's a little bit of an adjustment, right? It's something that, something that you get used to. You, you, you have your life, and you, you obviously live it with other people and other relationships. But now there's, there's this one relationship that goes beyond any other relationship that you have in the sense that there is this, this fusing that happens. And... and, and um, you know, um, to, to kind of help me and Val uh, live out this fusing in our life, we created the rule of two, uh, that whenever you get a glass of water or whenever you're doing something, you always think of the rule of two, that there's someone else in the building, right? There's someone else. There's two people now instead of just one. So when you sit down with your glass of water and you put your feet up, 
Uh, the other person's like, what about me? What about the rule of two? We forgot about the rule of two. Um, and, and so, again, we kind of almost have to rework our brains to think, oh yeah, the, the rule of two. And actually, the Bible even takes it one step further and even says it's, it's not even the rule of two. It's really just the rule of one. And so it says in Ephesians, in the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself. And so the, the Bible's saying even, even as we, we should love our wife like we love ourselves, right? We're good at serving yourself, we're good at making ourselves food when, when we're hungry, we're good at getting water when we're thirsty, but this is where we have to grow in the sense of we need to be as good as, at serving our, our spouses as we're good at serving ourselves. And, and, and then it says, you, when, you, when you do this, you're really just loving yourself, right? Because you're fused. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. And so there, there needs to be this mindset of one, this mindset of fusion in, in our marriage that God has really brought us to this place of uh, a connection, uh, and, and even though the, this fusing has happened, though, um, for those who are married, and if you're not married here uh, this morning, you're free to go, you're dismissed. Um, I'm joking. Uh, you know, if you're wanting to get married in the future, take notes. Um, and, and also, uh, maybe you're not wanting to get, get married in the future, uh, and you see yourself being single uh, for the rest of your life, uh, then a lot of these things, too, will tie into the other, other relationships in your life as well, right? Okay. So when I'm talking about um, the physicality part, that part is going to be pretty specific towards marriage. So that's where you just take notes for the future, right, when, if you're married. Um, but I really think that, that this, can, this can spill into other relationships as well. And so there's still something for you. Awesome. So, so even though there is this fusing that's been happened in, in our marriages, sometimes we can live very disconnected lives. And, and, and you know, we're doing things together and we're, we're paying bills together, making meals together, sleeping in the same bed and yet there's still this, this disconnect in our lives. It's kind of like when, you, when you're plugging in your iPhone and you think you plugged it in and all of a sudden you wake up and your alarm doesn't go off because your iPhone died because it wasn't plugged in. And in our marriages, it, it can be like this sometimes. Sometimes there can, we, can, we can live disconnected from each other and it doesn't just mean that that spending time together and doing activities together means that you'll have a close uh, and deep relationship in your marriage. And this is, this is what we want for our marriage. And if you look at David and the relationship he had with Jonathan, he says, your love for me was deep, deeper than the love of woman. And some people, you know, might, would say that David had a, a, a gay relationship with Jonathan. That was not the case. It's, the Bible makes that really clear. But, but, it, but really, it really talks about that, that there is, there is um, David had a, a, maybe a physical, more of a physical relationship with his wife, well, his wives, right? Maybe that's what, another part of the problem. Um, but but there, there's this deeper relationship that, that, that is available, and this is where he shared his, his problems with Jonathan, his heart with Jonathan. They, they cried together, they went, went through rough times together, and so they shared this deep connection. And I really believe that this deep um, um, connection is what we want with, with our spouse, right? We, we, we don't just want to be roommates, and we don't just want to be, you know, close in proximity to each other. We want to be we want to be soulmates, and, and, and that's what I want um, in, in my marriage. And, and, if, and if we look at that, that level of connection, it just doesn't happen automatically. 
right? Um, keep, keeping a good marriage and keeping that connection in your marriage, it takes work and it takes intentionality. And I, I don't think it happens on accident. Um, sometimes in the world, the world can define love as, you know, very, very accidental, right? And because it's feelings-based. And so we use words like, I, I fell in love. It's like, oh, I just tripped. Now I love you. And then you fall out of love. And you're like, oh, I don't love you anymore. I fell back out of love. And then I fell in love with this person. And love is this thing that you're just kind of tripping into. Um, but, but this is, again, this isn't really love, right? Love, love, love is just not... Uh, following your, your feelings and, and your emotions. If that was the, the way that we lived out love, we would have, we would have short marriages, right? Um, there there, would be, there, there wouldn't, wouldn't be a lot of um, marriages that are, that are still intact today. Um, but, but really, marriage is this, this covenant that you make with a person. And you make this promise and you make this covenant that you are going to fight and, and protect and work and be intentional about keeping that love for each other, amen, and protecting that love. And so we're going to talk about how do we protect that love, how do we remain connected uh, in our marriages this morning. And so we're going to talk about um, emotionally, how do we do this, physically, how do we do this, uh, and spiritually, how do we do this. And I really think as I talk about emotional connectedness, physical connectedness, spiritual connectedness, they're all tied in together, right? So I think um, they directly affect one another as well. Um, so let's start with the keys to emotional oneness. If we want to have this emotional connectedness in our marriage, the one that David didn't have with his wife but actually found with, with a friend in Jonathan, I, I really think one of the first keys that we need to have is, is openness with each other. Right? If we, if we want to be one flesh and we want to function as one, we're going to have to let the other person in. We're going to have to kind of do this a little bit. Like this is who I am. Right, and, and this could be a, a scary thing. I was talking to uh, John, who, who works uh, as an executive pastor at our church, and he was saying it was so scary at first when he would open up to his spouse because his, his wife would realize that he's not the Prince Charming she thought that she married, right? It's like, I have problems, I'm not perfect. And, and he said, actually, his wife was just smart enough to know that he wasn't Prince Charming, <laughs> right? Like, he was a human with, with, with things and, 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 and problems. Um, and, and this is where in our marriages, I think it's just really key that we, that we learn to do this. We learn to open up with each other. We learn to talk about more than just shop talk, right? You know what shop talk is? Just groceries, picking up the kids, uh, what, you know, what are we going to eat tomorrow? How, how are we paying these bills? Shop talk's important in a marriage. You, you need to do that. You know, you need bills paid and kids going to the right places and all that stuff. But, but as much as we want to talk about our outer world, we also need to talk about our inner world with each other. And I think this is, this is so important. Like it says in, in Galatians uh, 6 to 2, 6 verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. And, and this is where we, we get to do this in, in marriage, right? We get, we get to, to share our burdens. And that's the only way you can have another bear your burden is share your burden right? And I know that as you're married longer, you're, you're able to kind of recognize when your spouse is, is off, right? It's just like, oh, something's not right, and I know this. Um, I'm like three and a half years in, so I'm, I'm still learning that, 
right? But instead of, you know, in, in our relationships with each other, we shouldn't have to have this, this supernatural sense of when our spouse is off and then pry the burden out of them. We should just be open with each other and share because this is where God can bring healing, right? Just like it says in James um, 5, when you confess your sins to one another, um, God is faithful and he will bring healing. There's a healing that happens, right? And there's, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. That's not just a verse for, for, you know, young men's uh, small groups. That's a marriage verse, that you can sharpen each other, and, and that's, what, that, that, that's what I want in a marriage, right? The, the sharpening, the sharing of burdens, and, and, and I think it's really something we need to learn. It's something that we need to grow in. Um, if, if you haven't, you know, been an open person in your life, and you're used to kind of just keeping your emotions inside, again, this is something you need to learn. If you're not married right now, I encourage you, you know, find a friend, learn this with them, because that's going to translate into you being able to do this in your marriage, because I just think it's so, so key to, to, to create that emotional bond in your marriage that we let the other person in. I, I remember about, I think it was about a month ago, I was struggling with this insecurity for a long time, and um, I, I didn't really share it with my spouse because I could handle it right? That's always the lie. I can handle, I don't have to, like it's, it's okay, it's not like overwhelming me to the point of like crippling anxiety, it's, it's okay, every once in a while it's there, but why, why do I need to share it? Well, because we're fused, right? We're, we, we need to, I need to evaporate that mindset because there's this oneness and so I can share. That, that's the thing, I have this opportunity and so anyway, we were talking about the, this insecurity and I wasn't, we were talking about what I was insecure about, not actually that I was insecure. And so all of a sudden, I just kind of flip out, and I'm like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Uh, and Valerie's like, okay, okay, what, what happened here? I was like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm really insecure about this, and, and you know, this, this is kind of what I'm going through right now. And it was awesome, because Valerie got to sharpen me. She got to speak some truth. I was believing some lies. Uh, about myself and my identity, and this is where Valerie just got to speak the word of God. It was like sharpening me. Um, she, she prayed for me, and, and it was just amazing because I, I experienced a, a level of healing in that moment, and, and also um, being vulnerable with each other. Every time you do that, you're, you're creating this bond. You're strengthening that bond together. When you do that, it felt like uh, there, there, there was this, this connection that, that, that came from that moment as well, and, and so if we learn to do this, uh, on a daily basis, just in everyday things, not, not just when we can't handle it, but just in everyday life, this is a couple of things that are going to happen uh, in your marriage, and, and I think it's really going to benefit you. Uh, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going you're gonna to be able to practice opening up to each other, right? Uh, and I think it's the, best, it's the best to learn how to change a, a, a flat tire when you're in your garage, Right? Not when you're on the side of the highway, it's minus 30 and the wind's whipping at your face. You're like, how do you do this thing? And I think in our marriage, it's the same thing. We might as well learn to be open with each other before we have these massive problems that we have to work through. But we just, again, it's kind of that muscle that we're flexing. We're learning how to, how to change your tire in the garage before there, there, there's, there's bigger issues going on. Um, the other day, I was trying to help someone change their tire and I've never done it. This is really embarrassing. Um, um, but there's, there, there's this lug nut that we couldn't find. It was, it was different than the other lug nut, you know. <laughs> and I couldn't find it. Or else I would, be, I would have taken it from there. 
And then these firemen showed up and they kind of just changed the tire and I was like, yeah, that's right. We got it done. <laughs> but again, might as well learn to change it in the garage, right? And, and, I, and I think that's only a benefit when we do that. Um, another thing that if we learn to be o- emotionally open with each other, uh, it's going to protect us from, from bigger problems. Um, in, in Song of Songs uh, 2 verse 15, Claude, Pastor Claude was talking about this just about two weeks ago. But he says, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards are vineyards that are in bloom. And if we could just, uh, I, again, this, this, this insecurity was, was not something that was crippling me, but it was something that was just growing and growing and growing until it came to blah, right? To that point where it, where it came out. And, and, and again, this is where I, we live with these things, for a long time, we live with these little, little foxes sometimes in a relationship or in our lives for a long time. But, but if you can just immediately catch, the, catch those little foxes, it, it's, it, it's going to protect our, our relationship. It's going to protect our peace. It's, it's, it's going to have us in a state of where we're in God's shalom, right? God's peace is ruling in our lives because we're just snatching these little things before they grow into mindsets and before these lies get rooted in in, in other beliefs and and they tear us away from each other and God sometimes, right? So we want to do this because it's actually when we're doing it, it's protecting us from bigger problems. Uh, The third thing that, that when we share... Um, emotionally with each other, it's going to build this, like I said before, it's going to build this bond uh, with you and your spouse. It's going to build this connection and this friendship. And that's going to be this amazing foundation to face future things going on, right? Uh, I've been married for for three and a half years. Um, My marriage hasn't been filled with, with big problems yet. And sometimes, you know, people face big problems in the first year of their marriage. Sometimes it's down the road. But you could bank, you could bank that, that things are going to come up, right? You can, I, I could talk to the, the older couples in this room and I could say, hey, does life throw you curveballs? Are there challenges in marriage? You'd be like, oh boy, yeah, there is. Uh, and, and so I, I really believe that, that if, if, if our problems are like bullets, okay, but your problem is a bullet, then your relationship is your barrel. And so the higher caliber of bullet that you have, and the bigger problem that you have, the stronger that barrel is going to have to be to sustain it, right? Or else you're going to shoot the gun and poof, it's going to blow up in your face because you don't have this connection with each other. And so as, as, I'm, as I'm connecting emotionally with my, my spouse and we're bonding in this way and we're building this, this friendship and this connection, this is, this is giving me a foundation for life's future curveballs. So when those moments hit, um, that, that, that connection is firm and I really believe that, that um, it's going to set us up for success in the future. Amen? Awesome. I think another thing that we need if we're going to be emotionally connected uh, is intentional time together. We need intentional time. And, and sometimes we talk about love languages and, um, and uh, you know, quality time is just one of those love languages, right? And my love languages, by the way, are physical touch and words of affirmation. It's so easy for Val. She just hugs me, kisses me, says, I love you. That's it. And her love language is quality time, acts of service. How fair is that? Okay, I have to like do the dishes and spend all this time. I'm just kidding. It's good though. But, but whether quality time or it, it is a love languages, it's a need in your marriage. It really is a need. And, and there is just this, 
You know, there's so many things that are fighting for our time. There's so many things that are trying to rob time from us, whether it's the TV, whether it's your phone. Um, for those of you who have kids, there obviously needs to be this next step of intentionality in, in protecting your, your time together because obviously, I'm guessing kids take a little bit of time to raise. I think so, right? Uh, and, and again, th- this is where... Um, we, we have to realize as well that, that our connection with our kids doesn't replace our, our, our connection with our spouse. Thanks, John and Julie. Um, that, that connection that you have with your spouse uh, or, and, or, and your kids, uh, there's nothing that replaces that connection with each other. And I think one of the best gifts that you can give your children is to keep that connection alive, right? When I would see my, my parents, they were gross. They were kissing, and I was like... Oh, yuck. And then they'd tell me stuff. It's like, never say it. This is, ugh. But I loved it. It was awesome. It was like, oh, yuck. They love each other. But I'm glad. Deep down, I was glad. That was a gift that, 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 that I had, that, that they kept that connection alive. And, and we have to just make sure that, that um, you know, sometimes, um, and again, I'm not speaking from experience, but, but it, it can be so easy to have our whole world revolve around our kids, and to a certain extent, it, it will, obviously, right? Um, but but you still, we still need to protect this time that we have together. We have to be intentional about the moments that you do have together, and so I encourage you. You know, so I, sometimes people find, you know, um, dating easier than marriage, but I think often that happens because you stop dating, right? No, continue dating in your marriage. Date each other. Pursue each other. Invest in, in babysitters, you know? Throw, throw some candy in a room and just put your kids in there for a while <laughs> and just connect. That should work, you know? But, but we need to take this intentional time that we have together. It's okay. Your kid's going to be okay if you miss a sports game that they have, right? Because you said I do to your spouse first, and, and, and you need to keep that love uh, alive and vibrant. Again, that won't just happen automatically. It takes a lot of intentionality. I encourage you before you go to bed, couples, this is one of the most, you know, amazing times that, that you can connect emotionally, physically, spiritually. Um, but, but sometimes we have these phones, right? And we're in our bed, we're close in proximity, but we're just, we're not connecting. We're so close. We can take this moment to connect, but, but, but we're not. Um, the average cell phone user Touches his cell phone, guess how many times? This is crazy. 2,617 times a day. Imagine if you touched your wife that much. <laughs> They'd be like, back off, okay? <laughs> I've had enough. And then you know you're doing your job, right? <laughs> then you know it's like, okay, cool, I will back off, not too much. But again, this, this is where I, I love when Valerie, she just calls it out. She's like, Brenton, put your phone down. You need to connect. Because again, it can be easy to live as roommates sometimes. It can be easy just to be so close and you're sleeping in the same bed, but you're not connecting. And, and this is where I, I so appreciate when she does that. I, I think the last thing I think if we're going to be emotionally connected as well is we need to diagnose our connection. We need to just say, hey, Brenton, how are we doing? You know, um, my, my wife asked me that the other day. Brent, you know, are we good? Uh, and, and this is not something we just need to ask when things are going awful, right? But it's something we can ask when things are going well because then we could say, hey, yeah, I do think we're doing good. We are emotionally connected. What are we doing that's helping with that, 
right? And, and again, if there's, a, if there's an elephant in the room uh, in your marriage, this is where we, we can call this out. We have to call out when there's an elephant because it can start, it starts as a cute baby elephant, right? It's just like, oh, it's just a little elephant. We're just a little emotionally disconnected. But elephants, they get big. They really do. And all of a sudden, you're, this elephant is just huge and you're standing on the opposite sides of the room. And, and, and this is where it's harder to get that big elephant out of the house than, than a little baby elephant sending it out the door and then connecting again. And this is where when, when we become emotionally disconnected from each other as well, what that tends to do is it tends to just uh, escalate and, and, and accelerate really fast. Because if we know that there, there's something between us and our spouse that's causing an emotional disconnection, um, th- this is where a lot of times we throw ourselves into something else. Sometimes it's someone else. Sometimes it's into work. It's like, oh, I know my marriage, I, I'm, I'm, there's something there and I'm not feeling connected, but at work, when I put my time and emotional energy in, I'm getting recognition. I, I'm getting accolades. People are saying I'm doing a good job and all of a sudden we're kind of taking this connection that we've had here in our marriage that isn't quite there anymore and we're pouring all of our, our best efforts and time and energy into our work. But, but our, our, we're forgetting our I do. I, I, I do. I want to fight to keep this connection alive. And, and this is where it's, it's just so important that, that we fight for that connection. And we diagnose these things when, when we are distant so that we can fight to keep this connection alive and fight for the I do that we, that we have. Uh, yeah, let's talk about um, having connection physically. And all I wrote down is lots of sex. So... Yeah. Can I say that word here? I'm just going to outright say it, right? Then, it's, then I'll just get a little red and we'll move forward. <laughs> uh, but 1 Corinthians 7 says, Husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his body, but yields it to his wife. So this is not a passage you want to use. <laughs> To be like, honey, when you read this, the wife does not have authority over her own body. Okay. What do you, how, how do you interpret that? Um, the, the focus here, right, is not so you can get more sex. The focus is that yielding. That, that yielding, it's, it's really about serving each other, right? It, it's about serving each other physically, learning um, what your wife likes. And, and this is where men and women can sometimes be totally different in how God designed us and how God made us. And I think it's just a beautiful thing because we can learn again to serve each other. Because in, in physicalness, um, we, we, don't, we don't want this to be an area where it's just like, you know, about me. Give me sex. Me, me, me. No, it's, a, it's about yielding our bodies and surrendering ourselves and serving our spouse. And, and, and this is where um, you experience the, the best stuff physically as well, right? We also have to remember um, that physical connectiveness is a direct extension of your relational connectedness as well. Um, sometimes guys can compartmentalize sex a little bit. And it's like, well, we're not connecting emotionally, but that doesn't mean that we can't connect physically, right? But th- this all ties into each other. And so if there is an uh, emotional disconnection in your marriage, then sometimes that the spouse is, is feeling that and, and doesn't want to be connected physically as well. And so then this creates a bit of a, a headbutting that goes on, right? Because this spouse is like, well, I'm not, 
I, I, I can't connect emotionally because we're not connecting physically. And this spouse is like, well, I can't connect physically because we're not exp- connecting emotionally. Uh, and this is where we have to really, again, with that attitude of serving each other, we have to work to keep both of these alive. Um, because, because I really believe God, um, you know, sex is something that does bind us together. And even Paul said to the church in Corinth, don't you know that when you have uh, sex with a prostitute, you become one with her? And this was a oneness that wasn't a good thing. Because there was this oneness outside of the context of marriage. And that was obviously a sin. But, but, but in sex, this, this oneness and this, this gluing, and, and science has even proven that, that when you have sex, there, there's this bond that is created even chemically. It's going to help you uh, to connect with each other. And this is where it's all spilling into each other, right? Emotionally, physically, spiritually, um, it, it all really works together. And so we, we want to make sure that, that, that this connection um, is alive and, and real, Amen. And so men, because it's all wrapped into each other, uh, just remember the best sex life starts in the kitchen, right? There's nothing hotter you can do than doing the dishes for your spouse. Amen, women? There you go. (laughs) So lastly, and and most importantly, let's talk about uh, oneness uh, spiritually. It says in 1 Corinthians 7, um, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs, how he can please the Lord, but a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world and how he can please his wife. His interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her aim is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world and how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you. And so Paul's not saying marriage is bad, right? Because God made marriage, so that would be contradictory. But this is really the heart of what Paul is saying right here. But that you may live in the right way, undivided, with undivided devotion to the Lord. This is, this is really the key. Whether you are single, whether you are dating, whether you are married, this is, this is the key. This is the epitome uh, of really marriage at the end of the day. is to live in a way where you're undividedly devoted to God. And, and, and it's amazing that, that when you do this, both of you together, you bring your all to God and you become undividedly devoted to Him. How great, um, how awesome. First of all, I think you get on the same page as each other, right? Because as, as you delight in the Lord, uh, He gives you the desires of your heart because your desires in your heart actually begin to change. And I believe as, as it works like that in marriage as well, right? As you both delight in the Lord, as you both take pleasure in Him, God's working your desires, He's shaping your values and finance and raising kids, and all of a sudden you're on the same page because you're on God's page. I remember when Pastor Claude said that it's such a powerful thing, but you know, it's impossible to be on the same page if you're reading different books, right? If I'm reading the book of me, and, and your spouse is reading the book of her, it's like, well, I'm on page 39 and it says this. Well, I'm on page 39 and it says this. There's going to be a disconnect, right? Even if, if one of you is reading, you know, on the book of God and, and, and with undivided devotion to God and the other one's living selfishly, it's going to be different. And so this is where we, we need to both have this undivided devotion to the Lord and, and, and God's going to help us to get on the same page in our marriage. And this is also where God shapes you to be the spouse you're called to be. And I cannot stress that enough. 
that when we come to God, we can be who we're called to be. We can love our spouse the way we're called to love them. Because honestly, the fleshly, selfish me isn't very compatible spouse, right? Chloe talked about compatibility and how, how sometimes spouses, you know, the world kind of use that as excuses, we're not compatible. When I'm living selfishly, I'm not compatible. But you know who's compatible with anyone? Jesus. Jesus was compatible with anyone. And the beautiful thing is that the Holy Spirit lives in me. The Holy Spirit lives in me, and he's going to teach me to love. And, and, and I really need to every day, honestly and thoroughly, with undivided devotion to God, say, God, I need you to work on my stuff. God, I need you to heal my heart. God, I need you to help me to love my spouse in a way that's, that's patient and kind and not self-seeking and not arrogant. God, help me to love my spouse and lay my life down um, like you laid your life down for the church. And this is where God's going to meet you. God's going to transform your life and God's going to make you a, a compatible spouse because you're going to be someone who's, who's not living um, in the old fleshly way, but living led by the Spirit in everything you do. Amen? Amen. And, and so I encourage you, um, you know, as, as well, connect with God together. This is something that, that maybe you find difficult praying together. Maybe that's something that it's like, uh, we've never done that before. It's a little bit scary praying out loud with my spouse. But, but again, you know, as you share emotionally together, I think there's a disconnect if we don't bring God in the picture, Right? As we make these big decisions and talk about these emotional things, if we don't say, God, would you lead us and would you guide us? God, we want you to be part of this decision. I think there's a disconnect. I I don't want God in in my marriage to be just a concept or just something I say, right? I want him really to be there. I want him really to be driving the decisions. I I really want him to be leading the way because the the, the head of the, the household at the end of the day is Christ, right? And this is where we we have to let him take control of our relationships and let him take control of our marriages. And that starts with letting him take control of me. And and then you you bring your spouse into that and you pray together and you bring him in. And this is where I I think there's just a whole nother level of connectivity that that is going to overflow into your emotional connection, that is going to overflow into your physical connection because it's going to be rooted uh, in God's love, in his selfless, his holy, and his awesome love. Amen? Thank you for joining us on the GMC Podcast. For more info about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful week.